Thank you for joining us today on Drawing Near. This podcast is designed to help in drawing near to God through reading God's Word and then applying its truths to our lives. If I can be of assistance to you, feel free to reach out to me through my email address in the description section of this podcast. What happens during the resurrection? Not just the Lord's, but ours. For just as Jesus resurrected from the dead and lives, so will we who trust in him. We have many questions. At least I know I do. Today on Drawing Near, we get a glimpse of Jesus after his resurrection. As we read, we should get a few insights into the resurrection. But I warn you, we may end up with a few more questions too. Let's take our Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 24 and study The Road to Emmaus. And as we prepare for today's study, let's pray together. And our Father in heaven, we come to you today humbly, thankfully, grateful for this day that you have provided for us to serve you and to know you. Father, we thank you for the fellowship that we have with you through faith in Jesus Christ. We ask, Lord, that as we engage in these devotional studies, that we would be drawn to you, that through reading your word and thinking on your word, that we would be moved to a daily fellowship with you that would result in our holiness and your glory. Father, work in our hearts and lives and guide us as we seek to grow in Christ's likeness. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Today, we're going to cover a lot of scripture. And as we begin to do so, we're going to begin in Luke chapter 24, verse 13. We're told there, Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And as they talked together of these things which had happened, so it was, while they conversed and reasoned, that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained, so that they did not know him. After the angels announced to the ladies who had gone to the tomb to prepare Jesus' body for his burial, they returned to where the disciples were and announced to them that Jesus' body was not in the tomb. We're told in this passage today that on the very same day that two disciples were on the road to Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. The language of this text seems to indicate that it's two of the twelve disciples. Why they were on the road to Emmaus, we have no idea, but they were. And we're told that they were talking together about all the things which had happened, and that they were talking and reasoning. No doubt they were asking what had happened to the body. Who was the one who announced to the ladies that Jesus has risen from the dead? What really took place? You can imagine how they might have been filled with questions and doubt and wonder. And so they're talking about this as they're on the road to Emmaus. And we're told that Jesus himself drew near to them and went with them. Jesus is walking around after his resurrection. He appeared to Mary in the garden. Now he's appearing to these two disciples. And the one thing they have in common is neither Mary nor these disciples immediately recognize Jesus. Jesus has to announce himself in order for them to know him. We're told in verse 16, the reason for this was their eyes were restrained. There's been speculation that maybe Jesus's resurrected body looked differently. Maybe it did. But Luke tells us in verse 16 that their eyes were restrained, that God, that the Holy Spirit had kept them from recognizing Jesus. Now, why this is, I have no idea. 
As we go on in verse 17, we read, And he said to them, What kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? So they didn't believe that Jesus had resurrected, at least not completely, because they were sad. They were sad that Jesus had died, and they were sad that his body was missing, and they didn't know where it was. Reading on, it says, Then the one whose name was Clopas answered and said to him. Now, you hear that? Even though the language seems to indicate that these two were of the twelve, do you see where that happens? It says in verse 13, Now behold, two of them were traveling. Two of who? Well, two of the disciples that Mary and the ladies announced to from the previous text. But we're told here that it wasn't two of the twelve, but one of these was Clopas. Maybe as the eleven disciples now gathered together, waiting to find out what's going to happen with Jesus, that there were other disciples with them. There were certainly the ladies, and then there were other disciples as well. And that shouldn't surprise us. After Jesus ascends into heaven, we see 120 disciples in the upper room. So we're told, then the one whose name was Clopas answered and said to him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known the things which have happened there in these days? And he said to them, What things? I love this. Jesus is fully aware of what they're talking about and why they're sad. Jesus knows them. They don't know him. And he's just drawing them out, allowing them to talk. He's asking them questions, questions that he has all the answers to. And so on in verse 19, so they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty indeed in word before God and all the people and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified. Notice how they describe Jesus. He's Jesus of Nazareth, who was a mighty prophet. They don't say he was the Messiah. They don't say he was the Son of God. They don't say that he's God incarnate. Their understanding, at least at this point, the way they're talking to Jesus, was that he was a mighty prophet. And these rulers delivered him up, condemned him to death, and crucified him. Verse 21 but we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. When they did not find his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. But him they did not see. Can you comprehend? There's lots of confusion here among the disciples. Even though the angels had announced this to the women, they didn't necessarily believe the women. We're told later on that Thomas doubted. He said, unless I see him with my own eyes, touch his wounds, I'm not going to believe. So there's lots of doubt and lots of confusion, even though they have the basic information correct. And that should be a warning to all of us. We can know a lot of the story of the Bible without really being led by faith in believing all of the truths of God's word. So these disciples are confused. Verse 25 tells us, Then he said to them, O foolish ones, how many times does Jesus rebuke his disciples? O ye of little faith, or you foolish ones, or get behind me, Satan, when Peter is challenged by Jesus. O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. You have the Old Testament. The prophets have clearly declared some things, and you do not believe. You're slow to believe. Verse 26, 
ought not the Christ, the Messiah, to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. You would think as he's doing this that their eyes would be opened, but they are not. We need to make a few notes here in these verses. We need to believe the Old Testament. It's fully inspired just like the New Testament. We need to believe all that Moses and the prophets said, especially concerning Jesus. Jesus authenticates the Old Testament as coming from God. And then he says Jesus is the Messiah or the Christ. And he had to suffer these things. It's said in the Old Testament. And in suffering these things, he enters into his glory. There's a glory for the believer, for the follower of Christ, that is only achieved through suffering for the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus had a joy that awaited him on the other side of the cross. He had a glory, an exaltation, that only existed for him on the other side of the cross. We see that in the book of Revelation. And then he begins to expound all these things to them from the Old Testament. In verse 28, Then they drew near to the village where they were going, and he indicated that he would have gone further. He indicated to them that he wasn't going to Emmaus, he was going to go further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in and stayed with them. In verse 30 it says, Now it came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, that he took bread, blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished from their sight. When they saw him take bread, bless it, and break it, just like he had done in the upper room, maybe there were more individuals in the upper room than just what we often assume, but when he blessed it and broke it and gave it to them, then their eyes were opened and they knew him. They didn't open their eyes. Their eyes were opened. They didn't close their eyes earlier in the text, but they were blinded. They were restricted from being able to see him. Their eyes had been restrained. Now they knew it was Jesus. And as they knew him as Jesus, he vanished from their sight. We're not told he got up and walked away. We're told he just disappeared. There are a lot of questions for me here, not only about this passage, but about physics in general. And those are questions that I'm certain I will never answer. But look at what verse 32 says. And they said to one another, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us on the road? And while he opened the scriptures to us, their hearts burned. They were moved at listening to Jesus's words. And then they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem. And when they got there, they found the eleven and those who were with them. In other words, there were more than just the eleven. They were all gathered together. And they were saying, The Lord is risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Evidently, the Lord somehow had appeared to Simon. He had appeared to these two on the road to Emmaus and spent time with them, but he had also appeared to Simon. I can't understand how all of this is possible. I struggle with understanding the timeline, but the Bible says it, and I believe it with all of my heart. And as they told about the things that happened on the road and how he was known to them, after they hear about Simon, verse 35 says, and they told about the things that had happened on the road, and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. So we're getting these confirmations, first from the angel, then from Mary, now from Peter and the eleven in the house in Jerusalem, and the two on the road to Emmaus. Jesus is making himself known. 
his resurrected self known. What an amazing thing. Do you have questions about the resurrection? I do. I have questions regarding whether or not we're going to be recognizable, if there's going to be a difference. They didn't recognize Jesus until he told them who he was or until their eyes were opened. I have questions about whether or not we're going to be locked in time and space in our resurrected bodies. I have all kinds of questions, but I am so thankful for the answers that I have. Primarily, that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins, atoning for our sins, and that he was buried, and that he resurrected, conquering, gaining victory over sin, death, and the grave, and that he appeared to many. If we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the first several verses, we're told that he appeared to over 500 at one time. And that doesn't take into account all these other appearances and the appearances that we don't know about. I praise the Lord for the resurrected Christ. I praise the Lord for the glory that he has achieved through his resurrection. We need to worship him and praise him like the holy angels, like the heavenly congregations do and will. We need to rejoice. For indeed, Jesus Christ was dead, but now he is risen and he has ascended to the right hand of the Father and there he makes intercession for us. Praise the Lord. Father in heaven, thank you for your word. Thank you for these passages. There are a lot of verses here in today's text. But Father, thank you so much for all of them and all that they say. May we ponder these things because there's truly information and insight here that we find in very few other scriptures regarding Jesus's resurrection. And Father, we know that one day all of our questions will be answered and we will know as we are known. We thank you for this. Now guide us as we seek to walk with you with the knowledge of the promise of the resurrection and eternal life. Father, we love you. Thank you for all that you've done for us. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City, based on the truth that if we will draw near to God, He will draw near to us.